0: From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan Lasky. Welcome to a special March Badness episode of the podcast. As of this recording, there are three Jesuit teams left in the women's and men's NCAA basketball tournaments. On the women's side, the Creighton Blue Jays have made their first ever Sweet 16. And on the men's side, number one overall seed Gonzaga has secured their incredible seventh straight trip to the Sweet 16. But the clear top story in all of college basketball this March is the success of the St. Peter's University Peacocks. A 15 seed, they pulled off a historic upset of number two Kentucky last Thursday night. The New York Times reported the disparities between the two schools' student body size and athletic budgets and basketball history. Kentucky has about 32,000 students, St. Peter's approximately 2,300. Kentucky has won eight NCAA championships. St. Peter's had never won an NCAA tournament game before Thursday. St. Peter's men's basketball coach Shaheen Holloway made $266,344 in 2019. Kentucky head coach John Calipari's base salary, $8.5 million. St. Peter's basketball revenue was $1.6 million in 2019 and 2020, while Kentucky's was $29.3 million. David beat Goliath. The Peacocks followed up their huge win with a thorough dismantling of seven-seed Murray State on Saturday. They face Purdue this coming Friday in Philadelphia. I wanted to find out what this experience has been like for St. Peter's. So I talked to university president, Dr. Gene Cornacchia on Monday. I wanted to find out what all the attention has been like for this small Jesuit university in Jersey City, New Jersey that's not used to this sort of spotlight. Dr. Kornakia has been president at St. Peter since 2007, and he's seen a lot of stuff, but nothing quite like these past few days. Dr. Kornakia accompanied the team in Indianapolis and told me what it was like to be in the building. But he was even more excited to talk about the university he serves, which is one of the most diverse Catholic universities you'll find anywhere. About three quarters of the undergraduate student body are people of color, it ranks as New Jersey's best value school per US News and World Report. St. Peter's is also a national leader in Money Magazine's list of transformative schools, which means it enables students to beat the odds and produce outcomes that are better than expected given their academic and economic backgrounds. We here at the Jesuit Conference are so happy for Dr. Kornakia and the school, and we're glad we can help spread the word about St. Peter's. Now go ahead and beat Purdue, and keep dancing. You can subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts, and thanks for joining us. Dr. Gene Cornacchio, welcome to AMDG. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your schedule to talk. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: No, it's great to have you. It's been an exciting few days in the St. Peter's world, I'm sure. So I just wanted to start by asking, what have these last few days been like for you?
1: You know, it's been uh, it's been amazing. It's somewhat surreal, actually. Uh, You know, it's been nonstop. Haven't had a whole lot of time to really process it fully, uh, because uh, since Thursday evening, it's been uh, phone calls, media interviews, you name it. We had it. It's still going on. We have all the networks here still uh, for the next few days. Uh, It's
0: been incredible. Uh, this university website crashed did i read that somewhere is that correct yep.
1: the university website crashed or alumni website crashed today because um, we went through a thousand tickets in 52 minutes
0: <laughs> for the next uh for the for the next game for the next round for the
1: next game yeah yeah <laughs>
0: uh, um so you were there in indianapolis is that yeah. that's right um what are any of the images you'll always remember as long as your memory is working
1: oh you know uh, i gotta say for for the game against kentucky um what I, what I remember is the excitement when um, we tied the game uh, at halftime, right? We got to, you know, even split. And at that moment on the inside, I was saying to myself, you know, this could really happen. <laughs> you know, it was, it was really amazing. And I had a moment that stuck with me. Uh, one of the security guards who was uh, always by my side over there turned to me at halftime and he said, you know, I got to tell you, I work a lot of games here. I thought this was going to be all over with St. Peter's in five minutes. Uh, And he goes, but this is a real game. You guys are putting up some fight. So yeah, that's, it was, it was really amazing. It was truly amazing.
0: What about the, you know, would know the the coaching staff and the the players better than those of us who are are just meeting them now. What, what about the, are you surprised by, by this? What about their performance has maybe surprised you or also said, you know what, this is, they're showing who they, who they are to everyone.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a latter one. I think uh, one of the things about both, well, first the coach, Um, coach Holloway is someone who is extremely well, he's focused and he's very calm and serene. I've watched him before a game and right after a game and he never yells and screams at his players. He basically channels a lot of positive energy for them. And they have the, he always conveys the sense that we can do this if we work together. And so that's one of the things that I, I find so amazing about him. Uh, and then the players themselves, um, they just they just support each other. You know, they're really good people that support each other and are invested in each other's success. Uh, and they have a, a lot of fun, too, along the way. Like I think of uh, – um, you know, our, uh, editor who has his little funny mustache that everybody teases him about, you know, it is really something, uh, they tease him about it. But on the other hand, everybody says, don't you dare touch that until this is over.
0: Right. Right. No, I would, the swag level off the charts, you know, you could say the confidence. Yeah, certainly again, uh, not playing like they expected to be an underdog, but with a real, uh, self-possession.
1: Yeah. You know, um, they have grit, determination and a lot of heart and that has really gotten them to where they are right now. I have to say.
0: Uh, so when people are, are, I'm sure you're getting calls and texts and you, you for the last 15 years working as in this role at at St. Peter's, um, what are you excited to tell people about St. Peter's who are maybe, who are interested in a new way? Like, Oh, what's going on uh, up there in Jersey city? Uh, so yeah. What are some of the things that as people are learning they find uh, surprising about the university uh, when you can tell. Well, them first, that, I right?
1: think the first thing they find surprising is that we exist, right? <laughs> uh, I tell people we're the best kept secret in New Jersey. Um, you know, um, a relatively small school of about 3,100 students total. Um, you know, without, as we well know by now, certainly not the size athletic budget uh, and certainly not the size marketing budgets that a lot of schools bigger than us have. Um, but We are a school that provides an extraordinarily good education, Jesuit Catholic education, to a very diverse group of students. I think that's one of the things that maybe people uh, outside the Jesuit world uh, don't know about St. Peter's is how diverse we are, right? Uh, We've been a Hispanic-serving institution for a long time. Uh, Fifty percent of our population are people of uh, Hispanic background. Uh, we have black students, Asian students, we have all religions you can imagine, uh, besides Catholic and Christian, we have uh, Muslim, we have Jewish, you name it, we have it. We are in many ways, I think, a reflection of the United States and the world. Um, but again, a great quality education. Our students are very giving in their time for, for service to the, uh, to the community. Uh, They're very passionate about justice in this world. Um, But, you know, we've won a lot of awards that, again, perhaps not everybody knows about. Uh, U.S. News & World Report um, ranked us highest in New Jersey for best value. Um, And I think it was something like um, 11th overall in New Jersey, uh, 11th overall, rather, in the Northeast uh, category. So, you know, we have so many accolades all along on academic side. It's nice to have the accolade now on the uh, on the athletic side because I think those of us who understand the Jesuit uh, uh, education, um, academics and athletics are reinforcing and, you know, um, uh, along with uh, spiritual development, these three components, right? Mind, body, spirit. That's what we're really about. Um, yeah.
0: How do you see the Jesuit identity uh, coming to play at at St. Peter's in a school so diverse and serving uh, the communities that you serve? Uh, Yeah. How does it influence your leadership? How does it influence the community?
1: Well, you know, I think it gets reflected, for example, in the uh, the the mutual respect everyone has in this community, Uh, given the diversity of our population. Uh, we are remarkably free of a lot of the, perhaps, tensions that might exist in other places when you have that kind of diversity. We have no such issues here at the university. Uh, students of all backgrounds intermix together. Uh, they're friends. Uh, they work together both in and out of the classroom. Uh, when we do, for example, at St. Aidan's, our university church, and we do our, uh, our food pantry or we do our campus kitchen initiatives, Uh, And I look out at the group of students that come together there. Uh, I just say to myself, this is this is just truly amazing how everybody gets along and everybody's together. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, the Jesuit spirit comes through in their in their compassion for each other, their respect for each other. And again, their service, wanting to make the world a better place. That's really what it's about.
0: So St. Peter's is celebrating its 150th anniversary. Yep. The, what is, that, is that the sesquicentennial? Mm-hmm. Okay, so- I um, <laughs>
1: so you said that well. A lot of people have a problem with that. <laughs>
0: well, that is, that is a long one, but you've had your, so this 150 years and reflecting on the history, but as president, you're also looking, you have to be looking the next five years, 10 years, 150 years, who knows? Um, what, what do you see? What is your hope for the next era of St. Peter's? What, where are, what have you been stressing in your leadership? Well, one of the things I've been
1: stressing is um, the fact that we have to be very flexible and nimble. Uh, The world has changed, higher ed has changed, as we all well know. Uh, No one really has a crystal ball about where higher ed is heading, Uh, but there are some things that I think are clearer now than they were just a couple of years ago, and one of them is the need to be very uh, um, entrepreneurial, right? And that's one thing that we have been working on for a few years here at the university. Uh, we have some new initiatives with um, programs that uh, have expanded our, uh, our attractiveness to others. For example, data science and data analytics has been one thing that we went all in on a couple of years ago. In fact, before a lot of schools even paid much attention to it. It is our fastest growing uh, program here at the university. Um, in fact, we now have launched the, our first PhD program in uh, data science. Uh, but there are other programs as well. You know, um, I think we, we have to understand we're a very strong STEM school, which a lot of people don't know about St. Peter's. Um, so we have biology is one of our largest majors at the university. Uh, and we have a very high success rate for those that want to seek uh, entrance to medical school and dental schools, etc. Uh, but we have to think outside the normal channels, you know, um, Higher ed is not any longer just about, you know, the, you know, the liberal arts and humanities and pursuing what your your you know, what's of interest to you as an individual. You have to also prepare students for a career, right? Uh, That's what parents want to know, right? Uh, When I went to college, I was passionate about political science. So I took a political science major and my father once asked me, who was an accountant, by the way, said, uh, so what can you do with that? And I said, dad, I don't know, but I love it. And he goes, okay, go ahead. Well, that was a long time ago, right? Nowadays, if you said that to a parent or a student, what could you do with X? And it isn't connected to some pathway forward that they could see make some sense. Um, you know, you wouldn't get very far. Uh, so, you know, we've really worked at here at the university connecting all students early on as freshmen, right through their four years, with our career center so that they are working while they're here pursuing their their academic studies with a plan for what they're going to do when they graduate and when they leave the university. Um, So, you know, those are some of the things we've had to do, but, you know, we've got some really creative things we've done, gone, um, really expanded our online learning. Uh, So we've got some, you know, rapidly growing online programs. Uh, We've got some creative programs with unusual Um, organizations where uh, marketing uh, the university to foreign students who are already working in the United States for corporations in our wonderful downtown community here in Jersey City. Um, They already have, you know, all the credentials they need to be here working and yet they want to pursue a graduate program. Uh, And so this company is helping us penetrate markets there that we would not easily be able to penetrate. And that has been growing exponentially for us. So we have a lot of things like that that's going on, things that we really we never really thought about until fairly recently. Um, And of course, we're always investing more and more and more in technology here.
0: Sure. I mean, as you said, it's a, such a different time for higher ed now and a lot of challenges that different challenges than when you started in this role yeah. 15 years ago. And certainly when you started as a professor uh, and just wondering for you, like what what are those kind of keeps you up at night the most? And then what gets you out of bed in the morning with excitement? I'm just interested in both sides of that coin. Right?
1: <clears throat> OK, well, what keeps me up at night? I'll tell you what keeps me up at night is always, you know, like I think most of my colleagues uh, always tracking the enrollment numbers, right? The applications and all that. Um, It's um, also always looking at fundraising. Those are the things that are important because for for St. Peter's, of course, we're in the middle of another capital campaign. Um, So that's important for us. We're coming towards the end of this one. Uh, But also the enrollment stats are very important. And that's a worry, particularly when COVID hit, the the challenge it presented for our student population, right? Which is again, urban, um, lower to middle socioeconomic groups, uh, they were particularly hard hit, and so for us, we had to step in, and and you know, basically help a lot of students stay in school and and come to St. Peter's. Our alumni were great; they stepped up with extra donations to help close the gap for a lot of them. So those things keep me up at night as I look at you know at the numbers. Um, and um, but ultimately, what gets me up in the morning and recharges my battery is frankly, our students, uh, if, if one hasn't been to St. Peter's and haven't, hasn't walked around and encountered our students, uh, you know, they really perhaps wouldn't get it. But when I see, particularly at commencement, when they walk across that stage and I shake every single hand and I see students that I know when they came in were kind of rough around the edges, weren't sure whether they would make it or not, but they walk across that stage and they're, you know, polished up, ready for the world. As, we, as I always say in my conclusion, ready to set the world on fire, um, that's what really keeps me motivated. It really does. I mean, it may sound a little hokey to some people, but, you know, we really are about students. Otherwise, why would we be here?
0: Sure. I wonder, like, what – so for students, as you're saying, uh, who are coming from lower socioeconomic classes, um, people maybe who are first generation students, I imagine a high percent higher than a, a number of other majority
1: of our students are first generation Yeah.
0: Uh, college students. Um, how, what are the, the things in place that you've seen have been helpful at making sure those students can, can graduate, uh, uh, kind of accompanying them and, and supporting them uh, in their journeys? Sure.
1: So, uh, you know, we have an extraordinary um, uh, support service program here at the university. Uh, Many of our students, because they are first generation and coming from the background they come from, don't have uh, parents or family members who've been to college. So they really don't know the ins and outs of how you get through this process. Right. Um, And so we spend a lot of time and a lot of resources with a very caring group of counselors and advisors who really mentor them along the whole path. We have lots of things that, you know, alert systems built in where if a student is looking like they're falling behind or they're struggling, um, you know, we have a a support team that really just reacts and jumps right into that and helps that student. So everything from career counseling to academic advising to mental health programs, which is a big thing nowadays for students who are struggling with all the challenges that are going on in this world and in their personal lives, Uh, you know, for us... We can't rely on the fact that a student who comes in here has all the tools that they need to be successful. So we have to identify where their weaknesses are, and then we have to work to fill those those gaps for them so that they can be successful. Um, and and you know sometimes it's it's really tough. I mean I have to be honest. There are some students who really struggle right up until the end. Um, yeah.
0: I. I'm curious, one of the big topics in higher ed right now is campus free speech and people getting along, or is there room for disagreement? I'm curious for you as someone who's a political scientist, uh, bringing that mind to this. Is that an an issue you're also encountering at at St. Peter's and and what has been your approach to it?
1: Yeah, you know, I have to say we haven't had too much of a challenge in that area. Uh, episodically there may be something that comes up. Um, You know, um, we've had a little bit of uh, some issues here and there with um, some students pushing uh, harder on, for example, um, gay rights uh, and and their position here in the university. Um, It hasn't been a big issue because we've basically been very accommodating and very sensitive to the to the issue. Uh, you know, one of the, I'll I'll tell you, this shows you the St. Peter's students, the biggest issue surrounding that had to do with whether we would have, um, um, uh, you know, uh, all gender restrooms, (laughs) you know, uh, gender neutral restrooms, one thing, and then they were pushing for, you know, the restroom should be open to anyone who wants to use them. Uh, those were some of the challenges we had, which uh, were fairly easily accommodated. <laughs> but um, no, we really haven't had too much. Politically, you know, our student population is rather progressive. And so they're pretty much in a, of a similar mindset all along. Um, yeah. We're, a while back, we had some issues with the TV in some of the uh, locations where they were showing... Uh, uh, only CNN on the TV for the news and some wanted Fox News and, you know, it's like, you know, find one, put Fox on, find another and keep CNN on, make everybody as happy as you can make them. Um,
0: so you've been president now since 2007, is that right? Yeah. So that's a good chunk of time. I'm wondering if, is there, if you could travel back to your 2007 self, is there any advice you would uh, give yourself as you were starting out, things you've learned?
1: Um, well, I would give myself an advice is never be surprised uh, by what can happen and what will, um, uh, kind of upset some, an alum, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things sometimes you never really can anticipate what will, uh, will get somebody, uh, you know, annoyed or something over the years. Um, uh, I remember back when uh, President Obama, then candidate Obama came and spoke at the university, uh, for his first term, it was, uh, something that I thought was, um, you know, Pretty straightforward. They wanted to rent our our gymnasium at the time for a rally, and I thought, oh, this this sounds like an interesting thing. Why not? You know, oh my goodness, I uh, didn't anticipate the blowback from those who didn't uh, support Obama. Uh, we of course did offer it then to his competitor, but uh, it didn't seem to mollify some of the critics. I've learned a lot over the years. You know, you learn where the landmines are, uh, and you you try your best to uh, to avoid them. Um, So I think, again, the biggest one is to be prepared for the unexpected.
0: Which could be good advice. We have a number of new university presidents within the Jesuit network who are just starting. So that could also be advice uh, for them. Uh, You never know. So before I let you go, I wanted to read a quote to you. Sure. This has just been going around the Internet. This is a letter to St. Ignatius from St. Peter Canisius, who was then the president of the University of Ingolstadt in 1550. Um, So this is what St. Peter Canisius had to say about being a university president to Ignatius. Governing this place is bringing me a good deal of trouble and precious little in the way of obvious results. The president's principal duties are to enroll new students, to force debtors to pay their bills, to listen to the complaints which men and women citizens of the town bring against the students, to arrest, reprimand, and jail the students who get drunk and roam around the streets at night, and finally to preside at official festivities and academic functions connected with the conferral of degrees. They say, and it's true, that lawyers run the place. (laughs) So that's 470 some odd years ago. That insight is still pretty appropriate today. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) ask. So some of those things you can uh, identify I can relate to
1: some of those things indeed. Yes, Um, absolutely. All right. I just spend a lot of time with lawyers, by the way. <laughs> Nothing happens without lawyers reviewing it.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so are you, do you get to go to the, the next round uh, Friday? I Is that do, the next? I
1: do. I already have my room there, and I'm ready to go.
0: All right. Well, good luck. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Kornakia, for taking Thanks. the time. And uh, we're so excited to be able to spotlight uh, St. Peter's, again, the uh, alma mater of two of my uncles, and we're one of them taught, and uh, just a, a lot of love for Hudson County. So not Great. enough in the Jesuit world, so we're we're bringing Hudson County to the, the Jesuits this week. Thanks. Nice talking to you. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leepsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org, on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and Facebook.com Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.